Yes, more people should talk to therapists who have commitment issues. I'm just saying, just saying. About anything in life. Like a commitment Honestly. to a job, commitment to a friendship, commitment to family, commitment to a relationship. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If somebody is committed to their job, to an apartment lease, to tattoos, doesn't mean that they're always going to be committed to you. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back for another episode of The Gals Guide. Welcome back. So Emily took a tumble. Yeah, I did. You want to tell us? Um, Tell us what happened? Not really, but I guess I can. (laughs) I may or may not have fallen down my steps the other day and fractured my tailbone. So that's where I currently am at in quarantine. It was not fun whatsoever. Uh, I'm still in pain a week later. It's fine. Were you wearing socks? No. You were barefoot? Yeah. Um, so like, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Was I texting? Maybe. But regardless, it does not matter. I'm not here to tell you. It does not matter how many squats you do or how many years of ballet you take. You can have a fat ass. That does not mean it's going to save you from fracturing your tailbone because it failed me. Very disappointed. Tell us what you're uh, sitting on. I um, I may or may not have a donut pillow. It's like literally a mini pool float. I basically, if I had a pool, I could full on go swimming. It literally looks like one of those rafts that babies have. It's literally like, like an swimming. inner tube. It's a small <laughs> inner tube. Chloe could fit in that. (laughs) Honestly, oh my god, my dog is so fit in this. But um, honestly, like ten out of ten, it actually has like alleviated so much pain. That's good. (laughs) Apparently, like it's what pregnant women use. Like, because apparently you can break your tailbone when you're giving birth. Yeah, did not know that. Yeah. Now that's just more reason for me not to have my own children. It's fine. Birth is a fun time. I mean, I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Like people are not selling me on it. Like y'all keep telling me these stories, and I'm like. "Mm." I'm good. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Nope. I'm so glad I don't have kids during quarantine. Like, let me just say how thankful I am that I am childless right now. Yeah, it would. Well, it would be nice because you'd have a lot of family time, but it would be really hard to come up with things to entertain them all day, every day, especially if they were too young for like elementary school and they were in that like preschool toddler phase. I would probably be losing my mind. We'd be building a lot of forts. At my house. See, I'm just thinking about all the crying and the whining. Oh, there and the would tantrums. be no crying in my house. We do not. We do not <laughs> shed tears. I'm just kidding. We are we are emotionless voids in Hannah's house. As, as Blaine says, marry the girl that's yelling at the at the beer pong table because she will raise winners. We are not criers. We are winners. We do not lose. Oh my god! I'm going to be that mom that's on the softball field. Like, get in the dirt. If you're not dirty, you're not playing. Low-key, I mean, I I say I'm going to be like the mom. It's like, it's okay, sweetie. You did your best, but let's be real. You're going to be like, come on. You're making this. You're making me look bad. Hurry up. You're making me look bad. God, we had to be the Adams family. 
<laughs> whatever your main whatever your family name is <laughs> oh my gosh so funny especially if i like marry somebody who, who is athletic which is the opposite of me that's going to be completely interesting i just am so competitive that my kids are doomed like we're gonna play like scrabble or like ping pong and i'm gonna be like like calling them out for cheating and like whipping their family game night i fear family game oh night i'm not ever going household. easy on my kids they're gonna learn the hard way oh oh okay so <laughs> i'm not gonna take my children over to you it's fine it's cool what do you mean <laughs> they'd have so much fun <laughs> why don't we go visit aunt hannah anymore because she bullies you (laughs) see that's the thing that's the thing i can never be a teacher one because i just dislike children and then second of all because like i just don't have patience for children either yeah like my i have a very 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 short temper and like i've had to do plays before with children and I, I did the Peter Pan, and that has, like, a ton of children in it because the Lost Boys, and that was a nightmare. <laughs> like, oh, my God. They all thought I was cool. Which, of course. I mean, I mean, duh. Naturally, I get it. But they all wanted to follow me around all the time, and I was like, no. No, 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 no. I am not your mother goose. This is not... You're not imprinting on me. No, we are not doing this game. Like, I've had enough of you. Go away. I like other people's kids because... I don't have to deal with them. I can play with them you for can a drop little them bit. Back and off. They, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea of it. I'm gonna be the cool aunt, probably. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be your cool aunt when your sister's not around. You'll be that. You'll be that person that like that everyone's like, oh my god, Emily's coming. Oh my gosh, I'm like great. She has candy in her purse yeah. <laughs> and bottles of tequila. <laughs> Let's maybe not. Okay. Not for the children. For you. Oh, for me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. (laughs) You know margaritas are like my fave. So you watched the most recent episode of Listen to Your Heart. I unfortunately did not. I did see people blowing up all over Trevor and like his cheating Mm -hmm. scandal, which apparently like, who was the girl that he went on a date with? Her name is Jamie. Which also, I, I only watched Lauren Zima's recap of the whole episode because I didn't have time to watch the whole thing. I, are they going to sing on every freaking date? It's, it's a bunch of singers probably. But like, is that what you guys do on dates? I don't, I don't date musicians. I've never dated a musician. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, other than my ex sang, but he wasn't like a musician or anything. Yeah. Everyone was crap on him will this like okay so you remember how i was like oh i really like this show because there's only like eight people that i have to keep up with well they brought on like three new girls i did and i was like are you freaking kidding me so one of the girls knows trevor's ex-girlfriend yeah and so she was the one that like brought up the whole cheating thing and jamie like straight up said to him in the hot tub on their date like i've been cheated on by every single guy i've been with and he didn't take that opportunity to say anything and then she found out from the girls and then they, she like confronted him. Like, mm-hmm. He said it was something like emotional yeah, cheating. Yeah, it was emotional which, cheating because there were text messages between him and another girl. That's still not good, dude. Like, that's still not good, my she, dude. You're st- but she forgave him. Like, I'm sorry. It's cheating regardless because if you have to hide something from your significant other and you know that they would be upset about it if they found it, that's that's not good. Like, that is cheating. Then. Yeah. Well, like, and obviously you're not, like, 100% in the relationship if you're yeah, having you have one questions and, yeah, you're trying to get out of it. So it was exactly. a really interesting episode. I really like Savannah. I really like Rudy. One dude on there apparently is not a good kisser, apparently. Ew. 
I, that's why I thought, well, I'm just going off of the Lauren Zima's recap about how, like, apparently, like, there was one guy, like, I think Rudy kissed him. Um, Maybe his name was Matt or something. I have no idea, oh, but apparently no, the kiss Rudy, was not good and Rudy, she cried afterwards. Rudy kissed um, Ryan. Was that his name? The guy yes, that looks like Harry Ryan. Styles, like a brunette yes. version. And she cried afterwards, which if a girl cries after she kisses you. Wait, did she cry? Something. I think she just said that she regretted it because she really likes that Matt guy. I don't know who cried um, after kissing. I don't remember that, but um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't like that they're bringing on new people. That stresses me out. See, that's how Bachelor in Paradise is. They bring on new people like all the time because then it's like, well, then people will just get comfortable and then you won't like have that many pairs. Or no drama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have drama. You got to have drama. Yeah. That's what we thrive on here, honey. Yeah, I know. So, honey. I mean, imagine being one of the last people to arrive, though, and almost all these people already coupled up. Like, that freaking sucks. Mm-hmm. Because Ryan like, kept the blonde girl that came on and she's like a couple, I think she's a couple years older than him. She's the one that There's was, that. she was the one that told Jamie about the cheating thing. She kind of gotcha. seems sassy. She's a pop, I think she's a pop singer from LA and she walked in the door and like she owned the place and I was like, ooh. So she's going to be interesting to watch, I think, for sure. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you just know those people that like walk in and you're like, ooh, this is either going to go really well or this is going to go really bad. <laughs> Me, when I walk into rooms, that's how it is. No, <laughs> not true. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that I got my sister into it because I have somebody so to like. So you Yeah, so I have somebody to watch it with. <laughs> but um, it's it's some kind, sometimes it's cringe, cringy. There was a, oh, there was a. the cr- entire Bachelor franchise. There was a cringy date in the last one, um, for sure. They were like writing us song together in the guitar center like their date was to go into guitar center after it i closed. saw that oh it was so cringe it was, I was so like, cringe. Is every day gonna be music thing like we're all gonna fucking guitar center like the getting to perform in la was cool like on the streets yeah, that, that was cool, cool. But, but the like, cringy a a, the cringy songwriting to guitar center and it was cringy like the words oh like come on you can do like better i'm a film person i'm a film person i love film i don't mind going to movies on dates but don't fucking take me to, to like guitar center to sing studio. well i guess or take me to like a film studio or whatever i guess if like, you're like really into instruments that would be really cool to like go in and be able to play anything in guitar center like that'd be cool but i would never want that as a date ever no, and no, i would not want you like to start activity. singing to me about me no, thank you. I have learned from my experience of dating musicians. I cringe whenever they sing to me because I used to be like, oh my God, like sing a song for me. I want to hear you play guitar and sing me a song. You know, most of the time it was because they were good. And then I started dating some really bad musicians. And then I was like, mm-hmm, okay, now I have to lie and say that you're good. And I am so thankful that the person that I am currently am seeing is not a musician. He's a singer, though, and I have heard him sing, and he is a good singer because, I mean, he's classically trained. Like, he, we go to conservatory school, so, like, he, he's got a good voice. But, I mean, I have dated musicians in the past, a.k.a. the 30-year-old musician. <laughs> Well, like, just lyrically, like, just not the best lyricist. Kind of, like, mediocre. I mean, his voice was nice, but the songs themselves, I was kind of like, eh. I mean, I the mean, voice was, like, okay. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge critic. I'm I'm really bad sometimes. No, like, you can say, like, his voice was not good because it wasn't that great. Mediocre like, is a good. Like, it was, a, yeah, like, like, it was okay. Like, it was. Like, he could sing he some Hoser covers, but that's yeah, about it. background noise in a bar. <laughs> Too far? Sorry. I was trying I was trying to be nice. 
no, no, no. It's fine. It's totally fine because that's exactly what it is. Trust me, he is not the worst musician I've ever dated, though. I dated one dude way before I went to grad school. It was like between grad school and undergrad. This dude was a drummer. Hannah, do you remember him? No, I remember the drummer. How could I you didn't forget? Go, you didn't go to the concert, though. No, I didn't want I, to. I think you yeah, sent you, me their band and I was like, eh. They did. There was a cover band on top of anything. And then he, like, I just remember the singers and all of them. They were not good. And I'm just sitting there at this concert like, the drums sound great. <laughs> the banging is awesome. <laughs> the beat, the beat, man. The beat is, the beat is lit. <laughs> yeah, we're really in tempo. <laughs> That was like the only compliment I could find. Yeah. But I mean, he he was not a good person either. Every musician I've dated has just not been a great person. So I have decided that I'm just going to like not date musicians. Well, here's the thing. Musicians are all about themselves. So are filmmakers, honestly. Anybody in the arts. Yeah. Like you got to love that part of them. And if you can't, if you can't love that part of them, you can't love who they are under that part too. I mean, like writers, Mm -hmm. actors filmmakers we are all super narcissistic everybody at my school is super narcissistic it just comes with the territory of being at art school yep so but speaking of cheating and trevor i know that's a segue far far back far away (laughs) far away it's the only one i can find to talk about today's episode we are talking about our favorite type of luggage that we can use lately because we can't go on vacation and that is emotional baggage did we like that metaphor probably not Listen, any kind of vacay I can take, take me away, Emily. Let's go on this podcast ride. (laughs) Let's go. We are going next stop, emotional baggage lane. Emotional baggage claim. (laughs) (gasps) Look at you. No wonder you're a comedian. Oh, (laughs) God, sometimes. We both have had our fair share of baggage from relationships and it's something that over time I know I especially realized can be a hindrance to a new relationship and it's something that I think it's not addressed enough and I feel like if a lot of people addressed it more in their new relationships then I feel like they would be much more successful. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think there'd be a whole other level of understanding in relationships, understanding why you are the way you are or why you react to things the way you react to things. And I just think it's always important to communicate that. Even if you feel like they may not want to hear it, they might actually want to hear it. So Yeah, it's something that I feel like can be super taboo to bring up. Like we feel like it is taboo, but it's really not. Like I know in my personal experience when I've had to deal with that conversation where you talk about like your previous relationship and like your exes and you tell that story and it's just like, I mean, do you really want to hear this? I feel like they don't want to hear it and I'm worried that like me talking about my ex is dreaded and that's like the last thing they want to hear. But most of the time it's like, no, like I I, I understand that you have a past and I understand that you've been with people before me and I want to know like what happened and like what went wrong and I definitely have seen that within the um, relationship that I'm currently in with the guy I'm currently seeing I have seen that firsthand so it's not just me (laughs) and a lot of people are like this nowadays because it's so complicated with relationships now that it's not as easy as it used to be and there's so many different stages that you go into and with that you don't know when you are comfortable enough to kind of be vulnerable and open up because this does require emotional vulnerability and a level of 
intimacy that you feel safe enough to be able to uh, open up like this. And without relationship titles, sometimes you may not feel like emotionally secure enough that you feel safe enough to open up like this. So you just bottle it up and then that can come out later on in a fight or whatever it may be in your relationship. And it can kind of be more detrimental than helpful in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does for sure. So Hannah, what is your experience with handling emotional baggage been like for you? Well, I feel like my emotional baggage that I carried into relationships stemmed from the first time I dated my current boyfriend. He was the first guy I dated, first guy I fell in love with, and like everything was great. And then he just broke up with me out of the blue. And so I think I didn't see it coming. And I was blind, not blind. I was kind of blindsided, you know. You didn't get closure. I didn't get closure. We kept in contact for a little bit, not for a long time, but for a little bit. And so I never really got closure. And so I think I took that into every single relationship, that like fear of being left, fear mm-hmm. of being blindsided. And so I kind of manipulated my way into being the person who is in charge of when and if relationships ended after him i broke up with every single person that i dated <laughs> yeah she like did, i was guys. the one and even dating him again you know at the beginning i had like a long conversation with him about it and i was like you know like i really want to give this a shot because mm-hmm. you know when i was 15 in my mind i thought i was going to marry you <laughs> as every 15 year old does so um taylor slipped at herself yeah exactly so you know i straight up told him i was like you know this is how i felt and we had sort of discussed it already i did not hold i never have held back um my words towards him said some nasty things (laughs) said some things i probably never should have and so he's a person that i feel very comfortable with talking about these kind of things Mm -hmm. with so for me it wasn't that difficult because i was just like look this is it like if if this is going to work, you're going to have to prove to me that you're not going to do this again. Because if you do, like, that's Mm -hmm. it, we're done. And so he knew that going into this and he knew that he had to not like prove himself, but just, I mean, we had already been through the the emotional trauma from a breakup and Mm -hmm. still wanting to be together, but never really being together. So I think... I also threatened him. (laughs) So, you know, there was that intensity too. I think just me saying it to him kind of made it a more of an important thing to make sure that I felt loved and felt secure and I have never been loved this way and I'm very much at the top of his priority list I wouldn't say the tip top because I don't expect that but I've never been treated the way that he treats me and it is something that I hope for everybody that's in a relationship because if you can get to that level of comfort comfortability and vulnerability with a person then like I think that's really special but Mm -hmm. I think the key is just talking about it And like I said, I was really comfortable with him anyway, so it wasn't difficult for me. So I know that when you go out on like a first date with somebody, you're not going to want to be vulnerable with them in that way. You're probably not going to want to be like that with them until there is a label. And I completely understand that. But once there is, I think it's important to bring it up um, just so that you're kind of on the same page like you. Like me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with me, we've heard me talk about this multiple times, (laughs) but I think... 
vulnerability is something we always talk about on the podcast and it was something that I still struggle with that fear of it because there's been so many times where the first guy I was ever like in love with my like my college best friend I was very vulnerable with him I didn't really have any walls up at all I wasn't really scared to fall for this person or you know take that risk and I learned the very hard way and after that it kind of shut me out and so for many years I didn't really get into a serious relationship or get be involved with anybody in a long period of time just because I was like well you know there's no point like I just don't want to open up to people and get hurt again and then I took that chance and was very vulnerable with the doctor and it took me a lot of time and I think going to therapy working on that was very helpful for me to be vulnerable with him and open up in a way that I had not yet before and explain to him why I was the way I was and then for that to just completely kind of backfire on me in a way where I was hurt and that vulnerability was used against me in a way that I didn't want to do it again and it takes I think someone asking me and them making the first move with that level of intimacy for me to feel comfortable to open up about it because I mean, there is a lot of baggage that I have carried from many different relationships. So from the guy that I was in love with in college, him, you know, that fear of, you know, not being accepted and, you know, being used and just, you know, completely being like they're, someone's emotions can be completely falsehood and fake in order for them to like just use me and basically like for their own personal gain. And then with the doctor it was the fear of just getting so deep in with somebody and then then completely shutting me out to a point because I got so close and I opened so I opened up so much and then they hit me with oh I have a fear of commitment or I actually don't want to be with you I don't want to be in a relationship and it's like well I've already opened up to you and it showed you all of my scars and all of my truths and that rejection it doesn't feel like you're just rejecting like my body or anything but you're rejecting me for who I am and I can handle rejection very well with the career that I've taken but when it comes to relationships because it's it's just it's harder because it's just like you're rejecting me for who I am and I've done nothing but be open and honest to you and now you have sit here and lied to me and led me on and so that has been a huge like issue with me coming into a new relationship and it takes like I am I'll be honest like it's I'm not the person that will ever initiate that conversation ever again like the what are we kind of conversation I don't feel comfortable ever being the person to start that again because every single time I've done it it's never gone well for me and it has backfired in my face and I don't want that to happen again it's like if I can have control of this one thing but at the same time like I'm not gonna sit there and wait around I'm not an idiot I'm not gonna wait around like, for five fucking months for you to defend find what this is going on just because I learned so much from that relationship for that reason. So I am thankful for that, that it taught me tolerance and limits and everything. But I I mean, with the person that I'm currently seeing, we had a conversation the other day about our exes and what happened there. And he was the one who initiated that conversation. And I was very thankful that he initiated that conversation because it's something that I was curious about and wanted to tell him about, but I was hesitant to open up about it because I was just like, I don't, I don't, he doesn't want to hear this. We we don't have to talk about this. No one wants to hear about my exes. Like (laughs) I have a whole fucking podcast about that. Like like I don't have a whole podcast or anything where I literally talk about that. But (laughs) I was like, you know what? It felt like a burden or like I was burdening him with this 
information when it's really like it's not that it's just letting you into and showing you more of myself and so him taking that first initial step was definitely relaxing and it allowed me to be vulnerable and feel like I could open up about past baggage and stuff like that because I definitely see the memes all the time of girls when they're getting into that committed relationship and they're like now it's time for me to unpack my shit and like you take out all the glass jars that you like all the trust issues all that kind of stuff all this neatly tidy up in Pinterest mason jars and put them on the shelf in this new relationship but I think these are conversations that should be had before a relationship is there because I mean I just think that you get to know the person a lot better and you know why they are the way they are and you want to know that kind of things before you commit to being with somebody I think yeah and back to a point you made earlier about like feeling like a burden whenever you talk about it it's it's really cool when you find that person though that is like no, I care about like what you have to say and how you feel. And Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me these things. I want to be the person that you feel comfortable opening up to. And like I said, I haven't dated a bunch of people that I didn't know beforehand. So it's Mm -hmm. harder for me to, to give advice towards that, like towards dating somebody who's brand new. But I think that if I wasn't dating people that I had known before or like were friends or were friends of my friends, then I would want to have those conversations early on because I would want to kind of know how they Mm -hmm. deal with things and like what has happened to them in the past so that I can try to do my best to like not avoid doing the same thing, but like Mm -hmm. be careful about how I bring up certain topics or how I respond to things or if they react poorly towards me, like maybe it's not me, maybe it's something that like happened to them beforehand and I just reminded them of it. So um, I think you brought up a good point, like having those conversations beforehand before you get like into the serious commitment because you really don't want to act one way and then get into your relationship and then unload all of the shit. Like, Because I will say, if you're waiting that long, it depends on how safe you feel because I don't really don't want to don't want to advise people to open up about this kind of stuff if they don't feel safe or anything like that. Like that's somebody brand new and they don't feel comfortable yet. Like I totally understand that. I will say I've had like the doctor, like I, I told him stuff about like the guy I was in love with in undergrad and he tr- would try to use that information against me. And it's like, well, I mean, you did this, this and this and like, you're fine kind of thing. Why can't we do this, this and this, this time? It's like, you weren't there for that. You can't use that information against me. Like I was the only one that experienced that. I went through that. You are not friends of my friends. Like in your case where it's like, you know, your boyfriend knows like the guys that you've dated in the past because you all like are like we not all mutual went friends. to the same church or high school. <laughs> yeah. Know, like it's fine. <laughs> we, from the same town. So like, you know, he can know those people on a certain level to where he can relate certain things back to that kind of and he saw you in those relationships. You were still around and those kind of things. Where it's like me, like the doctor, like the, me and the doctor had like no mutual friends whatsoever. Like we knew we were completely random strangers who met. And I told him like my past and gave him all that baggage. And then he used a lot of it against me. And it's like you have you were not allowed to do that. Like you were not there for that. You do not know my experience. You only know my side of the story. You don't know how that happened or anything. You weren't there basically. Yeah. And like I'm not tell like I'm not telling you this so that you can use it against me. Like that's not exactly. the purpose of this. And if and if you feel like that's happened once, I would just stop at that point. And then also you have to make sure that you're comfortable enough to open up like you were saying like you mm-hmm. kind of have to read the person and decide whether or not this is mm-hmm. going to be a person that's going to stick around or is this going to be a person that you're not sure and you're not 
you may not want to go ahead and get that deep quite yet. Kind of see how long they're going to stick around. And you may never know. <laughs> you may not know because I didn't know at the time when I opened up to him. I thought he was somebody that was going to stick around yeah. and be in a serious committed relationship. And he yeeted out of that very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know he would be toxic until after that. And it was my some of it was partially my fault because that was very early on in the relationship that that happened that he did use that information against me and I should have taken that as a sign of toxicity and have left that relationship then and I didn't and I would definitely advise if you see that toxicity coming out of this when you feel like you've opened up about a certain topic like this you definitely should take that as a sign and a red flag and Proceed with caution if you do stay with this person or just leave. Yeet up <laughs> out of gently, there. <laughs> just yeet. <laughs> to put it gently, though, I mean, because that's not fair to you for someone to use your trauma and your baggage against you. That's, I know so many people who get in fights, they'll do things like that. And it's very abusive, I think, in a way, when people get fights and like they know like their father like was abusive or something. They say like, oh, you're just like your father. Things like that. Like that's not fair whatsoever. Like I opened up to you in a very gentle way and then you are retaliating against me with my own trauma. Like that's manipulative and fucked up. And I don't condone that whatsoever. Yeah. So we thought we would give you guys some clear signs on how your partner's last relationship is to blame for them holding back and preventing them from fully committing to you. So a couple of these examples are certain types of baggage that will be presented in itself when a person's opening up to you and some signs that they're dealing with something either from their past relationship or from childhood or anything like of the sort. For instance, if your partner's been cheated on, that could lead to like anxiety or trust issues between the two of you. If your partner is used to being with someone who's constantly like critical or even disrespectful, they might harbor insecurities. Like they may not ever feel good enough in the relationship. Mood. I feel that. Yeah. They're not feeling (laughs) good enough. Like that's, I feel like a lot of times people will feel that in relationships, even though that's never true. (laughs) But I do feel like that's a common insecurity that a lot of people hold from previous relationships and just in general. So I hate when people use that against me though. Like when people like, they're like, I can't fully commit to you because I can't give you what you're wanting. And I'm like, motherfucker, I didn't, I haven't told you what I wanted. (laughs) I just said, I want to be your girlfriend. I didn't know that came with like a fucking to-do list. Like you didn't? Mine's like in my desk right now. Like, <laughs> just kidding. all I literally want you to do is call me your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, we've been seeing each other for two times a week. Like, I've met your friends. You text me every single day. That's all I want. Like, I don't need anything else. I didn't know that, like, I was asking for, like, the fucking, like, Taj Mahal along with it. <laughs> like, yeah. And then it makes you feel like you're not good enough for them. And then it's just a whole vicious yeah. cycle. And it's so much fun. Others may have baggage stemming from their childhood experiences or family history. Although this may not directly relate to past romantic relationships, it can certainly affect future ones. For example, if a parent was absent from your life or was hypercritical of you, I definitely know that attachment styles very much come into play with this kind of thing so if you are somebody who's an avoidant attachment like your parents were not present during your childhood or you were in in an abusive household this can definitely affect your relationships and that's when we definitely recommend therapy there's not much advice so we can recommend for that kind of thing except therapy and communicate another sign might be if they're hot and then they're cold so like one like katie perry like katie perry hot and cold (laughs) you're hot then you're cold (laughs) yes then you don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> Honestly, though, like, it's a great song. A jam and a half. But, like, one week they're telling you that they might be in love with you, and then the next week it's going too fast, and, like, inconsistency is a major sign that your partner's last relationship might be holding them back. This tends to happen because they didn't heal from that past relationship, and they don't have enough self-love, possibly, so. I think one tell sign that somebody may not be ready for a relationship is if there hasn't been much time in between relationships speaking from pure experience <laughs> here <laughs> how many days did i go between the doctor and the 30 year old like like three like three weeks maybe <laughs> so if somebody's doing that like they ain't ready for a relationship like it's not time like i don't care how much they're saying they are ready they have not had enough time to process that breakup i don't think and i know that People can say that they can work through it while they're dating somebody else. It's I, it's very rare that I ever see that because it's almost like you're just looking for a distraction in a way. Yeah. You may feel like you're in competition with their ex. If your significant other is constantly comparing you to their previous partner, it could be a sign that they are stuck in the previous relationship and aren't able to fully engage with you in the present one. We, we, we both know this from experience. Yeah. Uh, it's not fun. And I definitely relate to how a previous relationship affected my current relationship because they compared how that one was and that one was toxic and crazy so therefore you must be toxic and crazy and i'm like then why are we dating yeah exactly (laughs) it's like if you imposing like feeling like you're in competition with somebody who's not even there anymore is really really hard it's already hard enough to compete like with friends and not that friends should be ever be competition but like i'm talking about like you're beginning to start dating and like you know i'm sure your boyfriend did not like how much you had to how much he had to compete with me (laughs) you guys first started dating Let's face it, I take up so much of your time and attention. You take up so much space in my life. <laughs> it's fine. We all love it. <laughs> but he had to get used to that. Yeah. And so, but imagine like if I wasn't here and like I was somebody like an ex or something like that, like competing with somebody who's not even there is really, really hard, I think. And you are never going to be able to measure up whether it's good or bad. Like just because this person was crazy does not mean that you are crazy. Just because this person was a godsend, you shouldn't have to feel like you had to live on that pedestal that the ex was. Cause I know like experience like with friends who their parents loved their ex and you know, they were like, you know, Miranda was such a great person. Like she was always such a delight and it's like, well, I'm not Miranda. I'm Emily. Thank you very much. <laughs> And I am a delight and a half, so you need to just sit down. Thank you. So I've seen that firsthand with my friends, and it's never fun because you want to be able to, like, earn, like, their love and their appreciation on your own merit and not just because you're the new girl that they're dating. Exactly, yeah. Another one would be their ex still causes a reaction out of them. So if your partner likes or comments or reacts to every little thing that their ex posts, they might still be living in the past. You should just probably block people that are your exes. Block them. Block them. It seems petty, but it's it's so good for moving on because you don't have to be forced to see the things that you don't want to see. Also block their mom. Block oh, 100%. their mother. I had to delete an entire family <laughs> and friends. Just just do yourself a favor. I promise you, like it, it, it took me so 
so long. It's like because deep down I wanted to know part partly. Partly I wanted to know and then partly I didn't. So I was it took me a while too, but I, it's been the best thing, honestly. It took that. It took me deleting his phone number. It took me deleting photos. That was all very hard to do. And it took me a very long time to do that with the doctor because it was like once I do this, then especially his phone number, like I was like, once I do this, there is that's it. Like there is no threat of connection now. There is no way for me to contact him or anything. Not that I ever would. That was a thing. And my therapist always is like, then why? Why do you still have it? Like, you're never going to reach out. Why do you still have it? And it was because I knew that if I did that, then the book was finally over. Yeah. The book was closed. The chapter was ended. We were on a new book, like a new chapter in life. And so accepting that was hard, but... I did it on my own time and because I did it on my own time and not because I had a significant other pressuring me or anything like that, I got the closure I needed out of it. I was able to have my own closure from it. I think that's why I encourage a a lot of space in between relationships so you can have that moment to yourself to move on without the pressure of making like your new significant other feel bad because you're still hung up on this other relationship that you haven't even close the book on yet yeah i think it's yeah i think it's important to do that for sure also i will say that there were times because i know when we released the podcast my ex made a review about the podcast yeah and i found i saw the review while i was spending the night at the 30 year old's house and i had to process that and deal with that with him in the same room and bring up like oh my ex did this this and this and it's like i don't want to have to tell you this yeah i may not like you that much but i don't want to have to have this conversation right now and like i just i try to remember myself to not let him have that power still where even if the reaction like you're liking stuff on facebook and instagram like that's regardless i'm talking about having a reaction like an anger like somebody broke up with you and you see them do something and you get angry from it that's a reaction that i think takes time to stop having because the ultimate power is being indifferent over the situation if you are sad or angry towards your ex still that you're still allowing them to have power over you and when you stop allowing them to have that power you no longer have the baggage of that like you're completely letting go of it you're dropping it off at the terminal you ain't checking your bags like you good to go kind of thing <laughs> i'm trying to make as many airport metaphors as i possibly I love can it. I love in this it. episode since we can't we can we can uh, go to the airport in our minds <laughs> the only traveling i'm doing right now is in books i bought a book and i still haven't opened it yet so there we are <laughs> another one would be they aren't in tune with your emotional needs not being over the hurt from a prior relationship, like I just said, often manifests through the person keeping their walls up to protect themselves. This means they won't allow themselves to get close to you. And this is something that I will say you will feel the you will feel like you can open up when you feel that security. At least that's how I feel. When I have that security of knowing that you're not seeing some other girl and that it's just me we're talking to and there's a potential for a future with us then i will feel that i will feel comfortable enough to open up to you until that i don't ever feel that way how do you feel yeah no i agree uh completely i feel like i have to feel a sense of security and a sense of this is not just a fling to to get any kind of depth on my side of things but i also am really bad at oversharing i don't know if you've noticed that about me we have a podcast yeah i'm really bad about it (laughs) 
I try to be better. I'm trying to be better. I just, I'm a very social person. Are. And so sometimes it's hard for me. And like, I just want to tell you everything the first day that I meet you. And then I'm like, wow, why did I spill my entire life out there? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't take that back. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm an overshare. I don't, yeah, I am too. I think the reason that I overshare is probably because attention. I want attention. And it's... I, it's a, I've been told it's a toxic trait, like by therapists, like not by like people. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're, you're oversharing, you're toxic, but like, I know that it's not a good thing to always do because then people can use that stuff against you and things like that. And it's something that I feel like you're searching, you're probably searching like for value in it and something to be reciprocated by. That's how I feel. Yeah. That overshares work. But I mean, if you feel like your relationship is like completely one-sided, like you feel like you, maybe you're not oversharing and like you are just the only one sharing your past and your partner is just like, you feel like you know nothing about your partner. That's something that they have baggage of their own that they're dealing with probably from a past relationship and they're not open up to you for a reason. And I would take that as like a red flag. Yeah. Or maybe they're just not there yet. And that's when that's when communication comes into play. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. Another sign would be the future of your relationship is often compared to how the last one ended. If the reason they're afraid to commit to you is because they fear it will end badly or their last breakup was bad and that's why they can't do relationships, they're not worth it. Me. So this literally happened to me with the doctor because I was like, why? Like, I feel like we are dating because, you know, this is where the whole gaslighting thing come into play because it's like, well, you've met all my friends. I met all your friends. We see each other like two to three times a week. You take me out on really nice dates. You talk to me all the time. I feel like we're in a relationship. Why can't you just call me your girlfriend? Like you bought me gifts. Like why are we not boyfriend and girlfriend? And he's just like, well, you know, because like, I just don't like break. I don't like going through breakups. I'm like, motherfucker, we're already so deep into this. We're going to have to have a breakup. Like if this ends, like a relationship only ends two ways. You either get married or break up. And I brought that up to him. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, so just say you don't want to be with me. You really just want to have your cake and eat it too. And I don't know why I was so blind to that. And I just remember him being, I was like, well, how did your last relationship end? And he told me about his ex and I was like, okay, that was her. That's not me. Why are you imposing what happened between you and her onto me? Like, yeah, he was like projecting that breakup onto you. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, we are not the same. Like, I don't even know who this fucking bitch is. Like, (laughs) I'm also older than she was like significantly we are not in the same mindset at all my prefrontal cortex is fully developed thank you so much so i'm just like why are you comparing me to your ex like we are not the same that was another situation not only was i being compared to an ex it's being compared to a breakup yeah and i'm like so how you guys broke up is the reason you are afraid of breakups you i'm sorry bro that's like inevitable like you're ne- i guess you're never going to be in a relationship ever again or just never be with anybody ever again because you're gonna have to go through a breakup no matter if there's a label on this relationship or not like you're gonna have to go through a metaphorical breakup like he had to sit down and tell me like this is over and i'm like bitch this is a fucking breakup like yeah i don't understand like what you thought you were avoiding like i don't know and then like on top of that you want to date women that are older than you motherfucker you better man the hell up because older women don't want this bullshit yeah i know that's all i'm saying i rest my case (laughs) 
I also would think they talk, they talk about needing closure. Like we have said, there might be a lot of things your partner didn't get to say that they needed to say if they were the ones who got dumped. If this is the case, they might be bringing up that they're upset into your current relationship. Yeah. I've moved again. <laughs> Same thing that I went through. Hannah has never gone through any of this because she's the one who was dumping everybody over here, making everybody feel heartbroken. <laughs> I'm the heartbreaker. That's why I write all the songs about being heartbroken. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I have been heartbroken. Actually, mainly the majority of my songs are about the guy I date, that guy I am dating. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that I experienced this, that the whole, like, I needed closure. I just didn't want to admit that I needed closure because I thought I was doing fine. And I thought that, oh, I'm already dating somebody else so quickly after this. I've clearly moved on. Yeah, I think I felt like I needed closure from my first relationship ever with him Mm. um, because I never got it. So I, I get it. I get it from that standpoint, but I've never seen it affect a relationship i guess if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i will say that i do have quote-unquote trust issues uh when i am in the dating phase like we're not in a relationship because i'm worried that he is texting other girls because i don't have that security blanket of a relationship label and it's like if you just tell me your girlfriend like i'm totally fine like i'm not gonna worry about that ever again because i'm gonna trust that you are just with me but without that i guess it's partially because i know that i i'm a very loyal person so i don't like dating multiple people at once i know i'm on here claiming that i'm a hoe and that i do that and everything (laughs) but like if i really like somebody i'm just gonna solely see them and not anybody else even though i preach to you guys don't date just one person like date multiple people so you don't get your heart broken and i promise i still do as i say not as i do that's what i always say do as i say not as i do it's so funny because i don't like that is not my recommendation ever but (laughs) it's so interesting that we like we're very opposite on that one the reason i say it and i I, because i've tried it and i get it i get it it's because then like if you're not going to be so if you're trying to like find a relationship and like you're not like three months into talking like me and this dude are like i'm talking like the big very beginning stages of dating like you like a month like you've only been dating for like a month maybe dating like two people at once just because then you're not putting all your emotional like heaviness onto one person and you're not like it prones you to not getting as heartbroken i think I can't do it because I just don't find that many men attractive or interesting enough. So (laughs) my thing though, is like when I set eyes on somebody and they've got my attention, like nobody else is around. So that's why I don't think I could ever do that. I don't know. I think that's just like a a difference in personality, but yeah. And it's a total, and it's a whole thing with preference. But when I was in high school, I probably texted like four or five guys all at one time. Not going to lie. I I was, (laughs) I was very immature. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I see like when, if you were trying, like you were just starting out dating, like I'm talking like a first couple of dates, like, you know, not like heavy, like we're getting into this stage of the relationship. That's when I recommend like dating like a couple of different people at once, just to kind of, you're not getting as upset. Like if this one person's not giving you enough attention and you're not going to like take it out on them or anything like that. Like you can like, okay, well like John's not giving enough attention. So I'm going to go talk to James over here. And <laughs> John James totally and Jacob. <laughs> Heimer Schmidt. All, yes. All. <laughs> so what does this result to? So unopened baggage can often lead to things like codependency, I know this from firsthand experience because if you are fearful that somebody's going to leave you again and you are because of your ex did the same exact thing, you're going to end up 
being more codependent in a people pleasing kind of mode where you are doing all these things to make sure that this person doesn't leave you and you're putting their needs before your own. And that's not healthy. And you should definitely consider your own needs before another person's. Now, we have definitely touched on codependency before. And I promise you guys, because I know so many of you guys keep messaging us, we are going They're like, to when do it. is it going to happen? It's coming. We're going to do one. We're going to do one. It's just. I have to write that episode and it's just going to be a very long one and I need to be in the right mind space to write it, guys. But I promise you, we will have one coming up soon where we can go further into details with codependency. We're just really building it up for you guys. It's fine. It's going to be the season finale. (laughs) When did the season end? (laughs) When does it end? When quarantine ends. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to take a week off, honestly. (laughs) Just Honestly, we might need to. I think this can also result to projecting insecurities. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but baggage can lead to self-doubt and self-doubt can lead to assuming the worst in yourself and others around you. And if you have negative feelings about the person that you're on a date with, you should probably sit and ask yourself where these feelings are stemming from. Are you making assumptions based on previous experiences? Another one uh, would be paranoia. So is it realistic to think that you might be suspicious in a new relationship? But in order to grow and learn about each other, you have to build trust and keep your suspicions in check unless he has done something worth worrying about. And this is something I constantly have to keep in the back of my head it's like just assuming that he's not talking to other girls like it's just me like and just acting like it's just me and not thinking like so so what if he is we're not in a relationship he's allowed to do that so just but just act like you know you're the baddest bitch in that room like why would he want to talk to anybody else i think that all these things just lead to a ton of anxiety and when you and it's unnecessary anxiety that you're building up in your head And I think that when you just ignore it, and I know it's hard, I say like you can ignore anxiety, like you can't. When you just act and put on a facade and mask all of it, I think that you can false, like fake the happiness. I guess that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just faking it till you make it, like faking it like you are the only girl that he is with. And why would he need to be with any other girl? And you won't have to worry about, you know, that paranoia or feeling of those insecurities, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. I agree. I think another thing is comparison. Don't let your past drag you down. Don't compare your new partner to your ex. They deserve a chance to, you know, prove themselves to you and show them that they're not the same because ultimately they are a completely different person than your ex. They are not the same. Um, so giving them yeah. that opportunity we to... Same, <laughs> even that song, same. my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but giving them the chance to show you that they are not the same. Absolutely. Another one would probably be secret. So holding back and not allowing your partner to fully see you and know your heart can cause your relationship to become stagnant. It's important to be vulnerable and open up, allowing your partner to get to know you, all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. It's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) But you feel so good once you get to that level. Like it's a really nice place. Yeah. Yeah. And then you want to tell them everything in a way. Like, and I don't feel like you need to feel like, don't feel like you have to open up about every single secret. Yeah, no, once. absolutely. I definitely, when I was doing it, like with my ex, it was different in stages. Like, and I, I told him beforehand, like the first big secret that I told him was like, you know, I have this fear of vulnerability. I appreciate like you opening up and telling me about like all the stuff that's going on with you. I just need time. 
and he appreciated that I told him that. And, you know, he, 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 he used it against me later on, but it's still, it's fine. But like, I did it in stages. And like, I remember I told him that, like, I just told him I liked you. <laughs> I was like, I like you. You make me feel happy. And that was a huge deal for me. Like I was yeah. like, I've never like, like we are dating, like we're just hanging out together. Like I'm on a date with you and I tell him this and it's like, yeah, I know that you know this, but like, I've never had a chance to say this. And I feel like that's a huge deal for me to profess like my feelings and be vulnerable in that kind of scenario. And he agreed and would said it back to me. So that was really nice. I mean, it wasn't like, I love you, but it was still like, this is how I feel. This is how you make me feel. And I'm very happy that I have you in my life. And I mean, I think that those are big steps. Like it's it's not like a huge secret, but just little things like that will help you get to the place where you feel like you can open up about bigger secrets. Because eventually I dig to that place, but taking those little steps will help you get there. Another thing is that it could result in issues with commitment. So you've been burned before and you don't want to be tied down. Being single is 100% okay. Just make sure that it is what you want. And if it isn't, ask yourself what is making you hesitate when you see a potential new partner. If you can't answer this question alone, that's when you should consider talking to a therapist. Yes, more people should talk to therapists who have commitment issues. I'm just saying, just saying. About anything in life. Like a commitment Honestly. to a job, commitment to a friendship, commitment to family, commitment to a relationship. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If somebody is committed to their job, to an apartment lease, to tattoos, doesn't mean that they're always going to be committed to you. <laughs> You're not on the list of, a, of commitment things <laughs> doesn't mean that they have that doesn't mean they're commitment phobe they just don't want to commit to you yeah and you have that's when you have to look and analyze it's like well is this person really afraid of commitment because then they're probably gonna avoid other commitment like things for me for example when i was not trying to do commitment like for eight years <laughs> best eight years of your life <laughs> honestly i was so did happy so much growing well, i did but like i didn't want i didn't want to be i never talked about marriage i never talked about buying a house i still don't want to buy a house that's terrifying oh i i want to build a house i want to rent for as long as i can because i want to be able to just get up and move but like see those are things like somebody like me who was like a commitment i'm not afraid of relationships yeah though and that took growing for me to do if somebody's like oh i want to be married and i want to go into a career that takes 10 years of school and get tattoos and then sign up four-year lease honey they ain't afraid of commitment they just don't want to commit to you and that's the wake-up call you need to have i'm talking from personal experience yes you are (laughs) so some tips for letting go of baggage and moving on we are checking our bags we are boarding the plane to relationshipville and we are gonna unpack when we land i really want to go on a trip like you are like this is like a tease I have, a, I have had the travel bug since like the beginning of March and I have not been able to go anywhere and it's just been fabulous. Trust me, after our last episode when we talked about Charleston, that's all I've been thinking about. I know, same. <laughs> just like, that was a great day. Oh I want to go back. But I think you should learn from your past relationships. I think this is really difficult, but taking the time to reflect on the past can truly help you learn and grow. Recognizing what you don't want can help you move on faster. Yes. I think also letting go of those repeating thoughts, thoughts like what went wrong? Why did he or she leave and do that to me? You have to let go of these things in order to move on and just accept that you're not going to have an answer. No answer is an answer. And you have to have your own form of closure, which is hard to do. But when you forgive yourself 
and forgive the person, even though like you think that you deserve an apology from them, you have to accept your own apology in a way. And it takes time Mm -hmm. and learning and growth. And it's something that you are not going to figure out overnight. It took me going to therapy in order to get that place and not blame myself and not harbor anger at him because harboring anger at him gave him power. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have my own power and be powerful in my own life. And that meant letting go. Yeah. Which is really, really hard. This one was, was, as I was thinking about it, I was like, huh, that actually really does make sense that everything in your life is not meant to last. Every person that comes into your life comes for a reason but not everyone is meant to stay. Some are only there to teach you a lesson. And I think that was one that was hard for me because I've had a lot of people come in and out of my life. And the more that I sit back and think on them, like they all taught me something about myself. And so just remembering that every single person that comes into your life is not going to be, you know, your husband or whatever, you know, start a family with you and, but that they might be there to teach you something really special about yourself. So just trying to like think in that way and kind of really sit back and reflect on like what happened and what it taught you. And realizing that it may not happen overnight either. Yeah. That, yeah, it's taken years for some people. I'm like, why do they, why, why were they a part of my life? All they did was hurt me. And then I'm like, oh, they taught me this, this, and this. And this was like three years later. So yeah, it took me for the guy the undergrad. Like it took me years, like so long, to like understand like what the fuck happened and why that happened. And with the doctor, I mean, it didn't take me long to realize it as much because I like looked. I like really was super analytical. As soon as that relationship ended, I was like, okay, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. And I really w- got very introspective on myself and everything because I was like, I was I was determined to find a reason for it. I was like, this this happened for a reason. Why did this happen? Like, what am I supposed to get out of this? Like, it, this wasn't just meant to come into my life and then just fuck me over. Like, there was a reason this happened and I was so just, just angry. I was angry and out of that anger, I was like, no, I'm going to fucking learn something from this. Because I think I was the one that was like, hello, you were vulnerable for like the first time in mm-hmm. like eight years from the yeah. undergrad guy and I'm like that is it that is a huge thing oh and it also was like I think the biggest lesson from it was that I can't do the no commitment oh yeah thing. that too mm-hmm, for sure that's like that was a defining line for me it's like if you tell me that you have a fear of commitment and that you don't want to be in a relationship and no like there's some hard yeah no. we're not doing this yeah we're not I'm not wasting my time I'm not doing this. If you liked me, you would want to commit to me and be in a relationship with me. I don't have time to be secondary mm-hmm. to somebody. Like, no, we're not doing that game. Yeah. So that was the biggest lesson yeah. for sure. Another tip would be let yourself feel your feelings. Have you ever had that baggage that you just didn't deal with? Sometimes it's hard to let go because you never actually took the time to deal with it. Take that time to cry if you need to and let it out. Uh, crying is really great, great sometimes. <laughs> I got a whole playlist yeah. um, on my Spotify called Crying in the Shower. I 10 out 10 recommend. Yeah. It's really important to, to let yourself feel about anything. Also boost your self-esteem. Pick yourself up and learn to love yourself. You deserve to be loved deeply. Don't let how you were treated affect this. This will also hopefully keep you out of your future unhealthy relationships because you will understand your own self-worth, which at the time when undergrad, I did not 
have a lot of self-love. I did not know my worth at that moment. So that's why I let the dude play me and do those things to me that I just, I didn't understand, like, because I was at the point where I was like, no, like, I don't have to love myself in order for somebody else to love me. I mean, one of my favorite things I've ever wrote was, I loved you so much that I forgot what hating myself even felt like. And that was how I felt because I just didn't value myself enough. It's still one of the most beautiful things I've ever wrote. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, I mean, I wrote a whole book for the guy. <laughs> but I, I will say that valuing myself and loving myself, it carries so much heavier and means so much more to me because at the end of the day, like I had to live with myself for the rest of my life. Like I, I'm stuck with me. I can't like get out of that. Joke or not, like you, you're with yourself to your last days. So you better love yourself. It's. I know that it's so hard to, especially people who have depression and everything. Like I'm not talking about those people um, because that is something clinical that you're going through. And I highly recommend therapy for that. But like taking time to work on yourself and improve yourself and love yourself more is so much more valuable than investing your love into somebody else. Mm. I loved that. To switch gears a little bit, don't talk to your ex. We know that some of you have hit up your exes during quarantine. Do not do that. Unfollow them on social media. Delete their number. Call a friend instead. Zoom a friend. The Jonas Brothers are Zooming in. They're they're getting on Zooms tonight. Like, just talk to them. That person is not in your life <laughs> for a reason. Jonas. Just talk to Nick Jonas. It's fine. It's casual. They were crashing Zoom meetings tonight. What? Yeah. Why are we not on Zoom right now? I, I don't know. <laughs> But that person is not in your life for a reason. Once you let them leave your life for good, they will begin to leave the forefront of your mind and it will be a little bit easier to let go and kind of move on. And like you won't feel that need to compare like your current partner yeah. with that person. Once you close that door, I noticed that I st- there were so many times when I was dating new guys um, after the doctor that I was like, mm, do they make me feel how he made me feel? When I finally accepted closure, like he stopped intruding on my dates. He was always in the forefront of my mind when I was on dates. And I was like, "Mm, but he doesn't make me feel the way he made me feel. When I stopped comparing that and did and stopped doing that, like I was able to like care and like invest in this new relationship and like actually like be in tune with what this person's talking about and like who they are as a person and everything and focus on them and not just solely on how they make me feel and comparing it to an ex. And so lastly, I will say, allow yourself to trust again. It all comes down to trust. If you truly want to leave your baggage behind at baggage claim, you have to learn how to trust others again. And it just, I think investing in other people and trusting them by giving them your secrets and hope that they will return that is a great way to initiate trust because you're hoping that they will be able to handle this precious mason jar of trauma. <laughs> And not break it. And then in return, they will give you another mason jar and you will hold on to it. Wow. And put it on your bookshelf. I feel like we're going to go outside and catch fireflies now (laughs) with our mason jars. That was a great metaphor. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You're good. I loved it. It was fun. (laughs) So you will now have just a library full of mason jar traumas. So our survival tip for this episode is ultimately every couple develops trust and intimacy at their own pace and every individual will open up at their own pace. As long as you're willing to confront your fears and want to be more open over time, you can learn to be more vulnerable in your relationships. And maybe next time in your new relationship, you only have a carry on. 
instead of a checked bag. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also, like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which will be linked in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us out. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.